Hi, this is Bob Sorrentino from Italian Roots and Genealogy, and I'm here today with author Carlo Treviso, and we're going to talk a little bit about his uh, Sicilian heritage and a fantastic book, and we both have the image behind us. So welcome, Carlo. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Great, great to be here. Uh, so now, reading the book, you're first-generation uh, Sicilian, yes? Or American? That's, that's right. Um, my dad uh, came here when he was uh, 13 years old, I believe, from Porticello, Sicily. So I was first born Treviso in America. Oh, neat, neat. So I'm assuming he came with his his parents. Yeah, why did they, do you know why they came? Oh, I oh. think it was, uh, honestly, economic opportunity. So this was back in the 70s. And my grandfather, my nanu, he built boats um, and they actually ended up, he was a shipwright. He built, you know, all kinds of boats, fishing boats, rowboats. And they actually ended up moving to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which also is on the water. It's kind of, you could also call it kind of a small fishing village like Porticello. So they kind of, they landed there. And then I guess there was a big stream of Sicilian immigrants coming to Milwaukee at that time. So um, just, you know, everyone was coming to America for that, that better work opportunity. Really? Wow. That's so interesting. You know, because you don't think, I mean, you know, my grandparents came in 1950, 15. So you don't think that there's still that Italian migration coming over in the in 70s. Exactly. And you always kind of think New York first, right? I mean, that's mm -hmm. the that's the the go to everyone comes in through New York, but they they flew right over, landed in Wisconsin. <laughs> so him being a shipwright, then I would have to assume that that was the family trade going back generations i would think yeah that you would think so you know what i actually i haven't done the research on that um i i know uh my dad kind of joked you know he, my grandfather wanted him to follow in the family business be a carpenter build boats but you know my dad had no interest he did join the navy though so my dad was in the navy so he still had something to do with the water but he was more of an engineer versus a, a woodworker oh that's good well you know it kind of it kind of relates. I can't draw a straight line or measure anything correctly, so you could do that. <laughs> Me neither. Math, anything like that's not my strong suit. That's why I stick to the creative arts. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I, I, my brother has my brother has all the artistic talent. My brother could, he could look at that, you know, uh, symbol behind you and draw it one, two, three, or etch it into glass or do anything like that. I, I didn't get that gene for some strange reason. I don't know. Um, so now, so you haven't really dove into your, your family history that much other than know that the town that they came from. Yeah. Not too much, but I will say this. So, um, some second cousins in Sicily did do some research and we did pinpoint that one of my great, great grandfathers, uh, a couple generations ago, we, we got as far back as I think 1800, he was an orphan. He was essentially left mm -hmm. at an orphanage by his parents. So that's kind of as far as we traced his lineage. So we don't know where, where he came from at that point. So there's kind of a mystery there. Um, and then on the mother's lineage, we really don't know. Yeah. You know, that, that's and my wife's, um, my wife's uh, mother is her family's from Sicily. They're from uh, Shaka and uh, her her, her name in America was Poeta, but I traced it back. And in Sicily, it's Proietto, which means, you know, often or abandoned or whatever. So some we I don't know at what point, but at some point, I believe that probably somebody in her family was also, you know, abandoned or left in the wheel or something like that, wow. you know? Yeah, exactly. 
Well, funny story. So my last name is Treviso. And I always kind of thought that meant we came from the Venice area. Uh, Treviso is a uh, commune outside of Venice. But when you when I did the language research, they, there's this term when they drop an orphan off at the orphanage. Uh, they list it as Travato, which means found. Like we found it, found mm-hmm. it. Travato, found the baby, put it in the system. So I wonder if maybe my last name was a misspelling. Treviso could have been Travato. I mean, who knows? It it could be, or you know, maybe maybe a dialect thing or something like that too. You know, uh, because sure. because you know when you look at you know some of the Sicilian or the Calabrian dialects or something, nothing like Italian. <laughs> I I uh, when we were in Calabria, I asked they they sang this song and I asked them for the words and and they sent me the they sent me the text and I looked at it and I was like, this is like no language I've ever seen before. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, the Sicilian dialect, especially, it's almost like a completely different language. Yeah. 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 That's what that's what makes it so interesting. Um, so let's talk about the book. Um, it was a fantastic book. I mean, once I started reading it, I couldn't put it down. Uh, let me, so I'll say that. And, and I'm not an avid reader by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but I, I found it so interesting. So, you know, how did you come about to write this story about um the the war of the vespers uh you know eight nine hundred years ago yeah wow i mean where do i start by to unpack all of this um so when i set out to write my first novel i wanted to write a novel about sicily i wanted to write something that had to do with my heritage and when i was looking around and especially growing up the first thing i usually heard when i told people about my sicilian heritage was kind of a reference to that dreaded M word, you know, oh, hey, like the mafia, the godfather, you know, hey, like stuff like that. And there's this, I, I guess I want to say there's this stereotype of Sicilian Sicilians as that mafia centric place. I mean, that's pretty much what you hear, gangsters, mobsters, stuff like that. And I, I grew up on epic stories like, you know, Joan of Arc and Braveheart and Gladiator. So when I set out to tell a story about Sicily, I wanted to uh, paint it in a more heroic light. I wanted to give it, I wanted to interpret it from a new lens um, in a way that made uh, Sicily seem like the grand kingdom that it once was. It was actually its own kingdom, Um, you know, obviously before it became part of Italy. It was, and it was conquered by every civilization in the Mediterranean, the Greeks, the Romans, the Arabs, the Normans. So Sicily has this long history that a lot of people don't really know about. And I wanted to capture all of that through the lens of a historical epic in the style of a Braveheart. So that kind of started me on my journey as I wrote this uh, historical thriller, as I like to call it. Uh, yeah. So, so as you're researching this, how do you come up with, you know, heroine and and um, you know the the villain and and all of that kind of stuff? What, what's the process to to pick uh, Etna as the heroine and make her the focal point of of the novel? Yes. Well, you actually, you did ask this. So yes. So so the book is based on an event, a true event called the Sicilian Vespers. And this event took place in Sicily in Palermo, the capital of Palermo in 1282. And what happened was on the night of Easter, the people of Palermo were were coming together to celebrate. And the French at that time occupied Sicily. And they were known to be very abusive, a lot of cases of rape and molestation and what happened was, as the Sicilian people were coming together, together to celebrate Easter at the Easter vigil, the French kind of showed up, crashed the party. They started groping the women, bullying the men. And allegedly, as the legend goes, 
A woman took out her blade. She stabbed a French soldier and she cried, li Francisi, which means death to the French or the death to the Angevins. And that sparked this people's uprising in Palermo that eventually spread across the whole island where the Sicilians essentially slaughtered 3,000 French soldiers, men, women, anybody who spoke French. Siciliana essentially puts the woman at the center of that story. And I, I gave her a name, Etna Vespiri, Etna named after the great volcano, of course. And um, so I kind of, I fictionalize the story and give it to this woman named Etna. And you see her as she goes on her journey, inspiring the people and fighting the French. We'll be right back. Italian Roots and Genealogy is proudly sponsored by Your Dolce Vita and Dawn Matera, connecting people to their purpose in life and continuing their legacy. For more information, contact Dawn at www.yourdolcevita.com. Yeah, that's, that's so neat. So now as I'm reading the book, I've, I've delved way, way back into my ancestry because my paternal grandmother comes from two noble families. And I actually can trace back to both Roger and Charles I as direct descendant from them. Wow. <laughs> so it was very interesting that I was going through it, that I'm kind of, wow, I'm on both sides of this conflict. You know? <laughs> now, when you say Charles I, do you mean Ray Carlu, Charles I of yes, Sicily yes, yes, during yeah. the, the time yeah. of the Vespers? Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And it's all through it's all through my my paternal um grandmother's mother. Uh because she is I don't know if you ever heard the name Coachello, but she is she was no. a Coachello and they were from nine fifty on, one of the most and still today, one of the most, you know, known families in Naples. And I was also interested as I was going through it that the Sicilians then petitioned the Spanish yes. at some point. Which was I didn't real I didn't know that part that that early on that they had petitioned the Spanish. Yes, so there's there's multiple uh, there are a few interpretations of how that worked. Some say the the Teutonic Knights betrayed the Sicilian people by by bringing the Spanish in, and essentially the Spanish then came in and conquered. Mm-hmm. Others say that it, that was always part of the plan that they were always kind of like fishing for a new leader, and that was that happened to be Spain. So yes, um, in my book I like to. I I won't give it all away, but I do pick one of those lanes and, and I go down one of those lanes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, like I said, I found that very interesting because, again, I have several Spanish families um, and not that far back. I mean, really going into like, you know, the, the late 1700s, early 1800s, I still have Spanish surnames in my tree um, because what I read was that the the when the Spanish did come to Naples and Sicily, that there weren't enough Spanish noble women. So they started intermarrying with the Italian nobles. Mm. And so for 300 years, you have this mixture of, you know, Italian, you know, uh, males marrying Spanish women and vice versa. So it's that, that's that whole conglomeration there. And um, so, so I have to ask while we're in the middle of this, now, have you done a DNA to see how Sicilian or what other, you know, nationalities you may have in there? Absolutely. Yeah, I actually I've done a DNA test. And it's funny because I, I, I give an author's keynote also. And that's that's one of the slides I talk about is my DNA history. So, yes, it was all Mediterranean based. 
Um, there was about 25% German area that came from my mom's side, but the rest of it was Middle Eastern, um, you know, Italian, uh, that, that whole area. Yes. So, and now my, my wife, she's, she's half Puerto Rican and half Sicilian. Now, you know, she's got, she's got like, um, Swedish or Norwegian in there, like 10%, which is pretty wow. amazing. And I can only yeah. think because her, her mom came from Sicily, her dad came from Puerto Rico. So we can only think that it's most likely her mom that has this, you know, Swedish uh, or, or Norwegian blood in her somewhere along the line. Because again, we know the Vikings were there at some point in time. You know, like you yep. said, everybody was there at, at some point in time. Um, and you know, what was, was really cool about it too. Uh, when you talk about some of the places in Palermo, we were just there. Oh, we were there this time last year. I'm so disappointed. I'm not still there, but, <laughs> but I know. uh, uh, you know, as you're talking about some of the places in Palermo, I could relate to it because I had been there and seen it and, and, uh, what really stand that really stood out to us in uh, Palermo was that. The um, I don't want I don't remember the exact terminology, but there's that one corner or four corners where oh, it's the, the, the middle of Palermo, yeah. The Quattro Conti. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and that's a really neat place because you have these buildings with the with the, uh, I guess the statues and everything on them, and it's a really really cool place. Um, so now, so you've been there, obviously, yeah. I have. Yeah, I've been all around Sicily, but Palermo is definitely one of my favorite places for sure. Uh, yeah, we thought we we enjoyed being on the street uh, for dinner one Saturday night where they had that street where the, just all the restaurants had all the tables in the middle of the street. So how close was your family to some of the places that you mentioned in the book, whether it's near Etna or Palermo or? So the family that I still have in Sicily, they live in Porticello. Um, I, I don't think I have any relatives in any of the other cities I mentioned in the book. Uh, so I guess Porticello, Palermo, that's kind of like the main province that they're in. Oh, okay. So that's, so it's, they're close to Palermo then. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, as I'm reading this book, I'm thinking to myself, boy, this would be a great movie. <laughs> this you know what's funny? Yeah. Movie. A lot of people have said that. But I, you know, I do have a film background. So when I was, as I was writing the, the book, I did see it in my head like a, a movie. I, I saw the storyboard. I saw, you know, I saw how the scenes would kind of play out. So in that sense, I was kind of just translating what I saw in my brain. And that, I guess, comes out in a very filmic style. So that's great to hear. Uh, yeah, well, and that's the way I felt. I, you know, to your point, I felt like I was almost watching a movie because you were able to describe the scenes and you know, I don't want to give away the, the you know, all the stuff, but uh, there's one person who has a very unique sword, let's say. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, as you as you're describing what he's doing and everything, I'm like, I could actually see it. So you fantastic job in getting those images into people's brains for sure. Oh. <laughs> Thank no, you. No doubt about it. Yeah, I know so, some scenes do get a little graphic. So I, I do realize that might put off some readers more sensitive to violence. But I will say um, the violence in the book is based on historical records. So I, you know, I don't really, uh, what do you, what do you say? I don't glamorize it at all. I just kind of show you what was happening back then. Yeah. So, so, and that's a good point because when you're researching something, for anybody who's 
think about writing a book or, or want to do a historical fiction or something like that. When, when you're doing that research, where do you go to to find those type of historical records? I mean, is it sure. you know, Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Britannica or, you know, where, where is all this information locked up? So the funny thing about the Sicilian Vespers is there actually isn't a ton of uh, uh, literature on it. There are there maybe two books that I found that actually talk about the specifics of the event itself. And then the rest of it was I was just scouring every book about Sicily, going to the index, seeing if they talked about the Vespers at all. Mm. And every time every time they did, I went to that page. And again, it's like it was it was always only like a few sentences. It was always like an afterthought, like, oh, yeah. And then this one time the Sicilians rose up against the French. Next, this is what we're going to talk about next. No one ever really goes into it. So Wikipedia also obviously has a has a page on it. Um, however, however, that, that actually was a blessing in disguise because it allowed me to take a little bit more creative liberty with how I how I wanted the action to kind of play out. So I do follow the actual beats of the event, the uprising in Palermo. The people spread to Vicari. They spread across the island as a Taormina. They took over Taormina. The Spanish eventually come in. So I follow the beats of the general event. But, you know, the scenes that happened in between there, between the characters and their backstory, I was able to kind of fictionalize. That's really great to be able to do that. As we said before, I wish I could be able to do it. I, I, you know, one of my, one of the historical figures that I've been able to trace back to who I find very, very fascinating uh, was Isabella D'Este. And ah. she was like the Jackie Kennedy of the Renaissance. The only place I've ever seen her portrayed was in the Borgia uh, series. And they portrayed her as this crazy lady. But she wasn't. She yeah. had a very, very bit, little bit part in there. And, you know, one of the things that I say in in, in my book about the, the Italian nobility and, and what went on in Italy before unification and everything was... We don't know that much about it. It's it's not like, you know, you mentioned Braveheart and those things. We know a lot about this, the Spanish nobility and a lot about the French nobility and a lot about the English nobility. But the yeah. Italians, there's nothing. Right. And and it's sad. It really is sad. Well, like I said earlier, especially Sicily. Italians, not much Sicily. What you get is the godfather. That's all we have. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, right. Uh, so now, do you do you know... Of Michael Cavieri, do you know Michael? I do not. No. Oh well, I'm going to introduce you to Michael because Michael, okay. he's he's Sicilian, and actually, funny thing about Michael, I came across him because um, he he's written uh, he's done two shorts uh, about Sicily, one about his heritage, and now another one about the sulfur mines that he just did. Uh, he's he's an actor. He's um, he was in the um, Karate Kid Part Three, I think, or something like that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, um, and I think he had a little bit of roles and a couple other, a couple other things he's been in. But Michael's where we are. This whole, you know, mafia thing. He he refused to sell out to this kind of stuff, and 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 now mm -hmm. he's devoting himself to the heritage of Sicily. Um, Good for him. And, and yeah. I'll send you, I'll send you his links too. Uh, nice guy. And the funny thing about it. When I discovered him, I didn't know that we were born in the same town in New York City, Whitestone, Queens. Um, and as we were, you know, talking, he, you know, oh, actually, I think when I saw his film, I said, "You come from Whitestone." I was born in Whitestone, uh, so we, 
weird synergy there, you know, and he started naming places. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. I know that. I know that. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to uh, send a little email to him and copy you um, because you two guys need to talk. No question Amazing. about it. I appreciate his last name. You said Cavallari? Knight? Cavallari, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Perfect. So he's perfect name, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, like I said, he's, he's, um, he writes his, he writes his own stuff and, and um, he's been dedicating himself now to fantastic. To, yeah. To, to the heritage and everything. And I, and I think more and more people need to do that. And that's why I do this because um we need to preserve our history. For you, it's a little bit different because you've, you know, your first generation. For us that are, you know, second, third, fourth, and fifth generation, we're kind of losing all of that, you know? Exactly. You you need to carry the flame for sure. Yeah, yeah. So th so when you did go back, um, did you know of, I, I guess you knew of your cousins over there, but what was it like when you went and met your Italian cousins? So- Funny story. I've actually never met my second cousins over in Sicily. Oh, really? Uh, they never. Uh, yeah, you know, they never came. They never came over to America. We never really went back to visit them. Um, kind of lost touch over the years and then kind of rekindled as time went on. Um, when I went to Sicily for the first time, it was actually part of a tour. I wanted the full experience mm -hmm. and I didn't want to have to worry about anything. So I went there and they took us around the entire island, stopped at each city hiked Mount Etna, went to Taormina. We did, we did the whole thing. It was amazing. Yeah. You know, we went the first time 25 years ago and we just went to Rome and Sorrento. My son was a baby and, and um, we just, you know, kind of did the similar kind of thing. Couldn't do much with him. He was only a year old. Uh, and this, you know, when we went last year, we went to some of the historic tomes and towns and, and I, and I've said this on a couple of interviews before, I got to meet my father's first cousins that I never knew existed until wow. just a little while ago. So it was an amazing experience. And in September, we're going to go. Uh, my mom is from Torito and, and Bari. So we're going to go uh, to Bari this time. Oh, great. Adriatic side. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And I and I also have cousins in Toronto um, that oh, cool. I never knew. <laughs> I never knew existed. And, and the, the reason is my, my grandmother's... Uh, one of my grandmother's brothers was an admiral in the Navy and uh, Toronto, there's a big Naval base down there. So he must've moved the family down there at some point. And that's, that's where they settled. So I have some in Naples and some in Toronto and, you know, and, and two in San Diego that I just found out. So. <laughs> you know, Toronto was where the Tarantella dance originated. Isn't that correct? Uh, you know, to be honest, I'm not sure because I think a few different regions claim it. I think, you know, there's a Naples Tarantella and there's a Calabrian one and a Polynesian sure. one. So yeah, I'm yeah. not, sh I've never been able to ascertain which is the real first one, you know? Okay. Um, it's funny. But, I was just in Sorrento and Naples myself uh, two months ago. I was there for a vacation. Oh, Beautiful. nice. Yeah. What'd you think about Naples? Naples was wild. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> The traffic. Oh, I did get to see. I saw uh, Ray Carlo's palace, uh, Charles the First of Sicily. His palace is right there on the water. Yeah, yeah. The Angelou Keep is what they called it. Yeah. Well, my my um my grandmother's uh, mother lived. Well, I don't know if you saw the Hotel Caracciolo. 
Um, it's, no. it's, yeah, you, you wouldn't go there just for the sake of going there, but, um, they lived right across the street from there because it was all in the family and they had probably like, they had that, like this whole row of houses because everybody lived there. When I, when I find the addresses, I see one lived at number 30 via Carbonara and another one lived at 33 and another one lived at another one. Um, but what I found fascinating in, in the Duomo, which I didn't know, uh, until we, they brought us in there and explaining it, that. Part of the Duomo is run by Rome, the Vatican, mm-hmm. and another part where um, San Gennaro is, is run by Naples. And they actually have on the floor markers that show which part is Naples and which part is Rome. Wow, cool. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> but when you walk in there and you see all this gold and silver and everything, it just it just blows you away. Um, and... Um, yeah, we were there. I guess we stayed there six days or something like that. Um, and Sorrento was just, you know, Sorrento, Sorrento. I mean, yeah, it was. It was did, you nice drive, did you drive the Amalfi uh, Road, the coast? Yes. Uh, hired a driver. Uh, so you didn't drive was, it. You hired a driver. <laughs> heck no, I would never. I would never try that. Nope. I uh, fear of heights. I can't I can't do the driving down the cliff kind of thing. But happy to sit in the passenger seat and take pictures. <laughs> I when we went when we went twenty five years ago, I was a lot younger, obviously, and um, I drove it, and I was like, "This is nuts." <laughs> oh yeah, those buses—the way they take those turns—it's unbelievable. Well, and like I said, even in Naples, the the I mean, we had this time I had a driver for every place. I wasn't driving anywhere, but the way they maneuver the streets, and and you know, we were in like this Mercedes type of van. And he was driving this thing like it was a sports car. Yeah. Um, Crossing the streets in Naples was a was a trip. Just <laughs> cars never stopped. All you could do was just step into the road and hope they stopped for you. Well, that that's was what they told that's what they told us. They said you're in Naples. I mean, I grew up in New York City, so you know, once I got the hang of it, we were okay. okay. All right, they'll stop eventually. Um, but yeah, that's what they told us. You're in Naples, you just have to go. They'll they'll stop. Don't worry, they'll stop. And this and the same thing with the scooters. Yeah. Um, I we learned you don't dodge the scooters; they'll work their way around you. Right, exactly. It was it was it was a trip for sure. But but you know, Sicily was different because we were in we were in Cefalu, which wasn't that much traffic. I mean, it wasn't oh. it wasn't bad at all. And even in Palermo, there was traffic, but it wasn't it wasn't as crazy. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, Palermo felt calmer to me than Naples did. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no question about it. Um, so before we go, uh, where can people find the book, buy the book, um, learn more about uh, Siciliana? For sure. Well, you can get Siciliana anywhere online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, anywhere you buy your books online. Um, I also for my website, thesiciliana.com. There are links there. I'm on all the, face, uh, all the social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can follow me there. And yeah, yeah. Um, Pick it up, leave a review. Right. And we'll put we'll put all the I'll put all the links out there so everybody can see. Um, well, thanks, Carlo. I appreciate you taking the time. This has been fantastic and, and we need to stay in touch. Yes, please do. That would be great. Thank you for having me.